Welcome in. My name is Miller Thomas, host of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You can catch me at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism doing some sports journalism. You can also catch me doing some graphic design work for ASU football recruiting. Now for today's show, the first official show of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, we'll get into some news from the Diamondbacks a couple days ago. They were able to pull off a trade for former Pittsburgh Pirates center fielder Starling Marte. And in the second segment, we'll talk about whether whether the Diamondbacks should trade for Chris Bryant, third baseman for the Cubs, and whether he's the missing piece to take this Diamondbacks team over the top. But first, if your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Dimebacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want men between 18 and 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at MillerThomas24 at Yahoo.com to find out more. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the Dimebacks were in the news Monday afternoon for a trade they were able, for a trade they were able to pull off with the Pittsburgh Pirates. The trade included sending two prospects to the Pirates in return for Starling Marte. Now, the prospects that the Diamondbacks sent over were two high upside youngsters in Leover Piguero and Brennan Malone. Now, according to Zach Buchanan, Piguero and Malone were ranked 7th and 9th respectively in terms of prospect rankings, with Malone being just the 33rd overall pick last year in the MLB draft. But that's not all. The Dimebacks are also sending uh, $250,000 in international spending money to Pittsburgh. The, pirate, the Pirates will also reportedly pay down $1.5 million of Marte's remaining obligations. I think this was a good trade for the Arizona Dimebacks. They were able to acquire a 2016 All-Star as well as a two-time Gold Glove winner. And the biggest reason why this was a good move was because center field was a definite uh, need for the Arizona Dimebacks. It was a hole in their roster that they needed to be filled. Because right now, prior to the trade, you had Ketel Marte basically occupying two spots on the diamond. We didn't know whether uh, whether during the season he was going to be a full-time center fielder or second baseman, or just be both, just kind of platoon all over the field and just kind of switch on a needs basis. But now this clears up a lot of questions for the Dimebacks. Now Keltel Marte can move back to his natural position at second base while while Starling Marte can uh, take over the center field. Now, last year, according to the metrics, you know, those advanced metrics, Marte didn't rank too too favorably in 2019 as a defender. Across the board, the advanced metrics will tell you he had a down year which is coming from great heights considering he was a 2016 and 2015 Gold Glove winner. But at age 31, you know, father time catches up with you. So that could be one of the reasons to decline in play. As well as a lot of people like to take notice that he did win those Gold Gloves when he was next to Andrew McCutcheon. McCutcheon by himself, in his prime, was a Gold Glove specialist in the outfield. McCutcheon was a Gold Glove winner himself in 2012. We heard rumors of the Dimebacks targeting some other outfielders as well, like uh, Red Sox center fielder Jackie Bradley Jr. 
Now, Jackie Bradley might be the best defensive center fielder in the game, but where Jackie Bradley struggles is offensively. And he just avoided arbitration for $11 million. So that means he will be a free agent pretty soon. And I'm not too sure if the Dimebacks are ready to dole out that kind of money for a guy who can't really hit for average, but yet is an elite, elite defensive center fielder. As for Starling Marte, he's coming in about the same price range as Jackie Bradley, as Jackie Bradley Jr., because Bradley was able to get $11 million in arbitration. Starling Marte is making 11.5 this year. And don't forget, those Pirates are going to be paying about $1.5 million of his salary. And then for next year, 2021, the Diamondbacks have a club option for $12.5 million if they feel inspired to pick it up. And it all comes, it all, of course, depends on the player of Starling Marte. If you go on baseball reference, Marte is projected to bat 277 with 20 homers and 23 stolen bases. So I think if you're the Diamondbacks, you'll take that from your outfield production. Because the real reason why you like this, and I said this earlier, is because now Ketel Marte is moving to second base. Now, with both Martes, I heard this uh, phrase get uh, coined earlier when I was listening to Arizona Sports 98.7. With the two Martes now, they're going to have a lot of Marte Partes, if you know what I'm saying. Marte Parte. Now, the great thing about getting Starling Martes, Ketel Marte can now be your everyday second baseman. Because after last year's breakout season, uh, you definitely want to get uh, Marte's bat in there as much as possible. And coming from the second base position, uh, that production will be phenomenal. I mean, his numbers last year, he batted 329, 32 homers, 92 ribbies, and he was a first-time All-Star and actually finished fourth in MVP voting, which probably not a lot of people know about. If Ketel Marte can look like an MVP candidate again next season, and you have some of the other younger uh, Diamondbacks step up, this can be a very dangerous lineup after the acquisition of Madison Bumgarner as well during the offseason. I mean, just listen to this projected lineup for the Arizona Diamondbacks. You have Ketel Marte, Starling Marte, David Peralta, Eduardo Escobar, Christian Walker, Cole Calhoun, Nick Ahmed, and Carson Kelly. Now, let me rattle off some quick numbers for these uh, for this potential Diamondback uh, roster from last season because this could be a power-hitting lineup. I just got Ketel Marte, who blasted 32 homers last year. You got Starling Marte, 23. You got David Peralta, uh, David Peralta who hit 12. So uh, not a phenomenal number, but he only did in 99 games. You got Eduardo Escobar, who hit, uh, let me see real quick, 35 homers. You got Nick Ahmed, 19, Carson Kelly, 18, Christian Walker, 29. And then you also brought in Cole Calhoun this offseason, who had 33 bombs last year. So if you look all around the diamond, the Diamondbacks are <laughs> stacked with power hitters. This is a new uh, age for the Diamondbacks, as they don't usually go this route. And then we're projected rotation of Madison Bumgarner, Robbie Ray, Mike Leake, Zach Allen, and Luke Weaver. Dimebacks have potential for some stardom in the 2020 season. And they can possibly add to that stardom with a Chris Bryant trade. And we'll talk about more next after this break. If you've been a listener of this podcast, 
I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that the Locked On Diamondbacks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Diamondback fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Dimeback fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. That's two, th- that's two threes and three sevens. 33777. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast with me, Miller Thomas. And as I promised before, we're going to be talking about whether the Diamondbacks should trade for Chris Bryant or not. Now, that might seem like an easy answer. And to me, I believe it is. But for some people, not everyone believes that the Diamondbacks should go after all-star and former MVP winner Chris Bryant. Now, the reason I think that they should is because I want them just to stack power hitters. And Chris Bryant does a little bit more than power hitting. I mean, you don't win the MVP based off just 30 bombs, you know. Otherwise, Adam Dunn would have been an MVP uh, earlier in his career. But Chris Bryant is a phenomenal talent. I mean, as I mentioned, MVP. And he won that MVP in his second season after winning Rookie of the Year in his rookie season, obviously. That is very reminiscent of Dustin Pedroia. And one of the biggest reasons why I think Chris Bryant would be such a welcome addition to the Diamondbacks roster is because I think he can fill that void that was left by Paul Goldschmidt. Because when you look at the numbers, Goldschmidt and Chris Bryant are almost identical. They're, uh, they're both about 290 guys, 30 homers, about 95 ribbies, 95 runs, and then they're just both models of consistency. And the only difference is uh, Chris Bryant has the MVP award, and then Goldschmidt, he's probably a little bit quicker than Chris Bryant. I mean, I think Goldschmidt's probably one of the most underrated speed guys we have at first base. I mean, 21 bases stolen, 32 bases, 18 stolen bases. He has multiple seasons with 15 stolen bases or more. And from your first base position, that is phenomenal. So I think Chris Bryant could come in and fill a great void that was left by Goldie as a middle-of-the-lineup, consistent, power-hitting, hit-for-average, star player on the diamond. Because right now, of course, the Diamondbacks have some really great players. I mean, I I, I was gushing earlier in the first segment about how good Ketel Marte is. And then he got breakout guys like Eduardo Escobar as well. I mean, Starling Marte, is, is he's not too shabby either, but no one would be better in this starting lineup than Chris Bryant. Now, the only difficult thing for Chris Bryant would be where, where to play him in the field. Chris Bryant comes in as a third baseman, and third base is currently 
Occupado by Eduardo Escobar. And you can't just leave him out the lineup. I mean, he led the team last year with 35 homers. He was an all-star. He was great, phenomenal last year. So what I propose is that you move David Peralta to the bench. Now, I know he just got a contract extension, but this is Chris Bryant we're talking about. So (laughs) how does that work exactly? Because I know you're saying, wait, Chris Bryant, third baseman, David Peralta, left fielder. How does that work exactly? Well, if you actually look at the numbers, Chris Bryant played over 40 games in the outfield uh, last year for the Cubs. So when you take that into account, the kind of production you're going to be getting from him. I mean, obviously, he's not a gold glove outfielder. But for what the Diamondbacks need, he would be an extremely valuable piece to the team. I mean, getting that kind of production from the outfield uh, position would be phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal is just the word of the day today. And then David Peralta off the bench would be amazing for the roster. Gives you some depth and some extra pieces in case, you know, someone goes down with injury. Chris Bryant, still only 28 years old, so he's still a young man in the prime of his career, can be a great addition to the Dimebacks roster. I think he would be a great cherry on top for a team that looks destined for some greatness in 2020, to say the least. I mean, Chris Bryant could just be the last addition you need to build a MLB super team. And I'm always of the, the notion that when you don't have a salary cap, like you don't in baseball. You should just go all the way in and just try to build the best team you can. Uh, the best team you can. Now, I know that's harder for Diamondbacks. They don't make as much money as the big market teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox. But when you're winning games, the money will follow. And Chris Bryant, he still has a very controllable contract, still under arbitration. He's only making $18 million this year, which seems like, Uh, A travesty, which seems like a bargain for a guy who is a former MVP candidate, as I said before, and a World Series champion. So I think he could be a great addition, not only because of how young he is and how productive he is, but because he did win that championship and he could bring that pedigree over to the Dimebacks and bring a, a winning culture to the Dimebacks, something that they're not exactly starving for because they've won quite a few games under Mike Hazen and Tori Lovello, but they haven't gone to the mountaintop. They haven't gone deep in the playoffs. They've been a team that's been very competitive, stuck around through uh, stuck around uh, through the end of the regular season every year, you know. They're always right in the mix. Either they're making it, like, as a wild card team, you know, getting bounced early, or they're in it to, like, the final couple, of we- uh, the final couple weeks of the season. But I believe uh, Chris Bryant addition will be the last cherry on top he needs for having a World Series contender here in the Valley. Because in the Valley in Arizona, we are starving for some success from our teams. I mean, uh, the Arizona Coyotes are probably the best team right now from the four major sports. The Cardinals are on the rise, of course. You know, the D, uh, the Cardinals are still young, though, but we'll see next year. I think they're going to be more improved. And the Suns, you know, they're always improving, but they haven't won many games over the last few seasons. So the Dimebacks are in great striking position. I mean, you can make the argument for them that they've been the last, the best team of the last, you know, half decade, five years. And a Chris Bryant trade will certainly add to that. I mean, with Chris Bryant, Cole Calhoun, Madison Bumgarner, Starling Marte, all those additions to the team would bring some star power, not to mention some ratings and eyeballs to the Dimebacks. 
I think there could be a new energy and vibe to the Valley again if the Diamondbacks were suddenly not just 85 win, not just an 85 win team, not even a 90 win team, but maybe 95 to 100 wins. And I truly believe if they uh, pull off a trade to get Chris Bryant, they can start climbing that mountaintop and be reminiscent of that 2001 Diamondbacks team that took down the infamous Giants that are the New York Yankees and not the San Francisco Giants, who are a rival. That's it for the first official episode of Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Don't forget to come back tomorrow where I'll be addressing Tori Lavelle's comments on 98.7 on how to use the Marte Parte, and we'll talk about what starting rotation the Diamondbacks should go with. You can listen to all that right here on the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast hosted by yours truly, Miller Thomas. See you tomorrow.